Welcome to the City Collective Church Podcast. We believe we are better together and exist to create space for everyone to discover life in Jesus. We hope that in today's message, you encounter the heart of God and are challenged and inspired in your relationship with Christ. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Welcome back to us. Welcome back to the crew. Welcome back to church. Welcome Welcome back back to church. (laughs) Have you guys enjoyed worship? Um, So here with me, I have Pastor Jason Adriana. Hi. Hello. Good to see you guys. (laughs) Without your mask on. It's amazing. It's happening. Six feet apart. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so today we've got a bunch of Q&As that we're going to get answered. And they are orientated around your personal life, church structure, uh, church vision, and church culture. Now... Sorry, did you want to say something? Yeah, we just had a lot of great questions that, co- that yeah. came in. And I just want to communicate right off the top that we want to do our very best to get to as many as possible today because every yeah. question matters and we understand where they're coming from at the same time. So I think it's just important to say thank you, first of all, for sending in the questions that you've sent. Yeah, very true. Yes. Now, I've got to be excited about something else. So I asked Pastor Jason about... Five minutes before we started the service, can I ask a bit of random questions or a few random questions? Just because there's, there might be people who have joined our church who haven't actually had the chance to interact with you and sort of fill you guys out and what you're about. And so if you can't tell... Pastor Jason didn't tell me about this. <laughs> this is what Audriana looks like when she's panicking and not trying to hide it. Here you go. <laughs> I'm really excited. I reckon it'll be good. But all right, here we go. Fun questions. What is your favorite genre of music and film? Music for, oh, I feel bad answering this question. It's like 90s R&B. Yes. Yeah. For both of them. I want some like Jagged Edge and yeah. Respect. Yeah. I like it. I probably fall into the same category. I probably listen to a lot more like gospel worship at this point in my life. Uh, I'm not trying to say anything, <laughs> but. <laughs> you know what? I'm glad you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, honestly, if we're just vibing at home, we probably have some like uh, 90s, 2000s R&B probably playing. And then movie-wise, I would say like Adriana for like TV shows, crime dramas, <laughs> documentaries, and reality TV. Reality TV. <laughs> reality um, TV. Um, I don't know if we should take a moment for prayer. I, I don't know. <laughs> like, maybe we should. <laughs> oh, you can pray for me. That would be and then uh, for myself, I'm I'm like a kid at heart in a lot of ways. So, so I love my like, superhero movies, my hey, action movies, and yeah, yeah, that's kind of who I am. True, true. Okay, so on that note, I was gonna ask who's your favorite superhero, but that's boring. Who's your favorite villain? Do you have an answer to this? Do you, Do you even know about <laughs> comic books? <laughs> <laughs> the answer that I would give is very different from what he's actually asking. <laughs> there are some women on The Bachelor that would be my favorite villain. <laughs> You know I what? Took this a different way. Hey, that that works. Okay, fair enough. Favorite <laughs> villain? Oh man, a wide selection to choose from. Yeah. I I really like Thanos because I think Thanos kind of he, he's very introspective. Yeah, he's got he, a moral complex. He's got like, he's, yeah, it's yeah. it's a moral question he's asking. He does it in a wrong way, but it's still a moral <laughs> question. <laughs> okay, so. I've actually okay. Two more questions. All right, I'm actually dude. This is so much fun. Um, okay, so if you guys were to go on a trip 
by yourselves or with like the boys or the girls like a weekend away what would be the ideal trip sports sports and more sports so like try and hit a city and like try and do as many different like sporting events as possible okay so if you're yeah. gonna go to boston you want to you want to hit a baseball game you want to hit a football game you want to hit a hockey game if we can do it all in yeah. and then like just do it up that way that would be a blast okay I'll travel like somewhere i haven't been before and to feel like a local like i want to go oh. have a cup of okay. coffee sit down and feel like no one no one knows that i'm a tourist that's that's okay. my jam fair enough mm. i like that Okay, now final question. What is your favorite attribute of each other? Oh, that's funny. I was going to say, what's the attribute you like dislike most? But I'm like, that's not really helpful for like them. No, or anything. no, no, no. no. <laughs> but favorite attribute. Well, we've, we've spent uh, 80% of our marriage in COVID. More than that, maybe 90% of our marriage <laughs> in the midst of COVID. So we've really gotten to know uh, what it means to like, live together and... Yeah. and process together the thing that i love it's hard to say one thing but one of the things that i love the most about adriana is that this girl loves to learn and to grow in everything um, yeah. whether it is in her own personal relationship with god mm. how we do things around the house how we process and co converse in our relationship it always feels like when we are getting to a point that's difficult in our marriage or in a conversation that I can believe that there's hope because I know that she wants it to improve. She wants it to get better, better, and she's going to put work in to make that happen. Cool. That's me. You're welcome. <laughs> um, you got to one up that, by the way. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. I mean, I can't one up myself. So. So. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, I would say Jason's grace is something that I've uh, always known, but mm. have continued to discover. And I just think that he, um, his grace in in every area, in church, in how he speaks to people, how he, um, how our relationship is, how we deal with things head on, um, that his grace is unending, <laughs> and I need it all of the time. So I'm really appreciative of that. You know what? So am I, and I'm glad he's our lead pastor with those qualities. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, but um, that's awesome. Okay. Awesome. So Q&A. Let's get into it. It's going to be great. So we're going to dive into like sort of the personal questions. Yeah. First question. What led you to start City Collective? Yeah. Uh, you ready for this? It's yeah, a, it, you guys, it, this is big. It's <laughs> a great question. And uh, if you were a part of like the early days of City Collective, I feel like you heard this over and over and over again, talking about rubber trees in India and this massive moment of, of revelation. But I, I want to address the question in particular, what led you to start City Collective? Because uh, for myself, there was never the intention of being a pastor. Um, this was not the plan for my life. I did not have it laid out that in this many years I was going to become a pastor. Everything else in my life was always geared towards like success in academics, make a stable life for myself and my family, and uh, to make a good living and find success in that yeah, way. Yeah, I vibe with that. Yeah, for yeah, sure. It was it was just it was just completely completely separate. And so yeah. the the moment where it was a call to be to start City Collective really had to be a God moment. Mm. And so that's what it was. Um, I can tell the story at another time where it's like a fully dramatic playing. It's like 40 minutes the way I tell it. Yeah. And that makes sense. But um, <laughs> it was uh, in India amongst rubber trees. My grandfather had just passed away. And I heard God say really clearly, uh, I want you to start a church. Uh, at this point in my life, I was in the midst of engineering, was enjoying the fact that we just launched a business yeah. and that there was <laughs> the good things going on. I felt like there was a track for life. And then God flipped it on its head. Um, and then from there, it was really desiring to build a community out of what I had discovered 
uh, for myself, my own relationship with Jesus. And that was in the midst of community. That was in the midst of studying the word. That was in the midst of actually committing myself in spiritual disciplines and practices and seeing that all play into who we wanted to be as a church. So, yeah. What led you to start City Collective? A very clear call from God. No personal ambition in that. It was only the very simple decision to say yes. I love that, eh? A lot of people were like, yeah. No, I think it's just really good. A lot of people sometimes have ambition when it comes to ministry and you're just completely God-led. And I love that. That's great. Keeps me humble. Yeah. And I think it's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A few more fun questions. How did you and Adriana meet? We're actually in the church of the pastors that introduced us. Mm. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Should we, we get them? I think <laughs> we should. <laughs> we got set up on a blind date. Um, my Ooh. mentors are two pastors from um, Horizon Church, Pastor Craig and Shanda. Yep. And they said, do you want to go on a blind date with this guy? Um, there's a long story involved in that. But basically, uh, he told me that he was entrepreneurial. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> So <laughs> I showed up to the first date not knowing Jason was a pastor. Um, but yeah, so it was, a, it was a blind date and it went really well. I mean, I would say it went pretty well. Yeah. yeah. You guys are married. Well, yeah, yeah. Great. It went great. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have asked for a better blind date. <laughs> yeah. I mean, usually they don't go that well, but this is great. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. What is, what is your personal faith background and your educational background? Yeah, um, so that's that's a pretty quick and easy answer, I guess, for myself. Education was I have a bachelor of science in biological sciences, uh, some uh, some uh, background in engineering, and then uh, for my personal faith background, I grew up in a great Christian home. My parents are are mm. watching this morning, and, and I love them and I appreciate them. Yes, they and are great. There, uh, there's always like a point in your journey. Doesn't matter if you've grown up in Christian home or not, where you do need to make a decision for yourself. Mm. And uh, around yeah. the age of 15, I felt like I made that decision. And then uh, high school came and university came and I yeah. decided to avoid that decision. And I went a period of time with really no re relationship that I was developing with God, no church community that I was really plugged into. And then uh, in, a, in a really wonderful series of events, we became part of a, a new church community. I found people who were of mm. a like-mindedness that wanted to be pursuing a, a relationship with God. And I had God kind of grab hold of my life, fast forward it in a way that I wasn't expecting before. And then obviously the church followed after. But uh, yeah, uh, a period without and then a period discovering God deeply within. Cool. Uh, I like that. Also, Jason's being really um, humble because he has two bachelor's degrees <laughs> and a master's. So yeah, he's just like low key. He has all of the education. Yeah, he's um, I only guy. have like one degree uh i, <laughs> I have a deg <laughs> uh, bachelor's of business in accounting and then i went and got my um cpa designation for accounting as well so that's that's my nice. educational background and i'm happy to never go back to school um <laughs> <laughs> and then mine my parents um actually aren't christian so it was my sister and i that were really curious like really can say that Jesus um, put a curiosity yeah. in our hearts to go to church and there was two girls in both of our classes that uh, their dad was the pastor and still is the pastor um, of the church and so as kids we were curious went to church um, and have been going ever since so it was really um, a continued decision for myself personally and not something that my family kind of led me into and um, I think that's been a really big part of my story that's amazing mm -hmm. yeah to stay committed even while you're like younger and like open to the influence of your family and your parents. That's unreal. My parents were always um, 
My, <laughs> my parents were always um, like supportive, but yeah. it was just not something that they did for themselves. So it was, yeah, it was a really big so deal for cool. us. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And I, and I will say, <laughs> I, I think part of that question is also asking about like my educational background in ministry. I do have a, I have a, <laughs> <laughs> I have a master's of divinity. Yeah. So, and that's just basically a pastoral degree. Um, so how many degrees is that in total then? That's, that's, the three. that's the three. That's three degrees. Cool. So we have four degrees amongst the key leaders of our church. And I think, um, I think we're doing all right. I think yeah. it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love to learn. Yeah. Um, so we're going to sort of start chatting about the church structure. Um, and the first thing, well, the first question is, who is on the city collective board? And is this a diverse group? Yes, to the diverse group. So um, my uh, current and always background in accounting has actually been in charities. So I'm Mm. really well versed with um, charity law. And so this is one of the things that we talked about specifically was the board, how it functioned, all that kind of thing. Um, so we have, we are so proud of our board. Um, Blessin is on there, Stephanie yep. Graham, um, Holly, Holly Dobby, um, <laughs> thank you, Glenn <laughs> Peterson, who is um, actually the president of our church's denomination. We've been so blessed to have him on the board and he's been so helpful. Uh, and then Derek Cooper and Jason, um, they're all voting members. Uh, I attend board meetings, but I refuse yep. to be a board member because I don't think it's appropriate for me to have any sort of vote. So that's just a very clear conviction from me. But yeah, they're yeah. diverse people. We wanted people from different ages, different backgrounds, and um, and even different educational backgrounds to really give a, um, a whole-hearted yeah. um, view of the church and, and those decisions being made. That's awesome. Okay, yeah. So... In, in that regard, how are decisions made? Uh, so yeah. the board actually makes the decisions. I think some people, it's very interesting um, to, to understand how churches work and specifically mm. how charities work. So City Collective is um, uh, incorporated with the province. It is under the BC Societies Act. And what that means is the board oversees Jason. Yep. So it goes the board, Jason, and then... Um, like staff so the board actually reviews and oversees jason's decisions any um pastor jason (laughs) any decision that he wants to make he brings to the board um we try and give the most information they Mm. ask questions they're the ones that vote and and make that um make those decisions happen um so yeah they they're really wonderful um i hope you encourage them and um we're really blessed to have them uh, on our board Yeah, and I would say the board's doing a pretty good job so far. <laughs> I mean, our church is growing, everything's going well, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, things are moving forward for us, even in a trying time. Mm-hmm. So I think the board's doing an excellent job. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. So, okay, COVID, mm. been a bit of a struggle for the last year, and I mean, how long is it now? A year and a half? Close to a year and a half, yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Um, but, we like, so... A part of the leadership team, like we sort of discussed how we're moving forward with COVID and after COVID. And do you guys want to sort of like let us in or give us a sort of view on how that's going to happen? Yeah. 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 I think there's some really practical questions out of that. Like, where are we going to be? Yeah. Um, and like, what does it look like to <laughs> yeah, be on a, a, a on a team? And to be honest, we don't have uh, we don't have concrete answers. 
What I can say is that we've had really honest and continual conversations with yeah. um, HD Stafford Middle School. We've still got a great relationship with both the principal and the facility director there. Uh, we still provide uh, Friday lunches and try and stay connected yeah. on that front. And so our hope and their hope is that we are able to be back at HD Stafford come the fall. That is the hope. Sweet. Um, yeah. Obviously, we're still waiting on government uh, restrictions and rollouts and all the plans around that but that is that is the hope on that front and that will also dictate what it looks like to be on team so if you were serving on a team mm. I'm sorry that it has been a difficult season I feel it as well yeah. and our hope is that on the other side of this that we can uh, return to serving in some wonderful capacities on a Sunday morning and beyond it might look a little bit different but we, we if you were serving we still need you to serve we still need you to be part of what we're doing because 100%. we really do we really yeah. do believe that there's something important that's going on for us at City Collective. And so for us moving forward as a church, um, we are being prayerful, mm. we are being yeah. careful, and uh, we're being aware of what God is also leading us into. And so it'll probably be more of a stepwise process of yep. uh, gradually gathering back together. Cool. Okay. Full. Fingers crossed. Fingers Aaron crossed. God's grace. Yes. Please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And now we're going to chat about church vision now this is something that i get really excited about yeah i love the big picture yeah and i love direction mm-hmm. and i know you love that as well yeah yeah which is why we get along so <laughs> well um but yeah what is the vision for city collective and its future yeah um, so in the month of March, I really felt a conviction on my heart to start to pray into what is going to be the next season for us as a church. Because if I'm being honest, I'm like, I'm like everyone else. I have a, I have COVID fatigue with where yeah. we're, what we're having to navigate. And I was starting to feel fatigue just in the day to day goings of the church and having to make sure things were prepared and going. And when you're in the midst of fatigue, it's really difficult to have clarity of vision. Yeah. I don't know if you feel that way, but that's what, what it happens for me. So when I feel like I'm exhausted, vision is difficult. And so seeking God. God's heart, it really did uh, provide some peace, some rest, and some clarity for this next season. So I truly believe for this next season for us as a church, it's kind of born out of what's said in Matthew 16, and I'll just read this verse real quick. Matthew 16, verses 24 to 25. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself Mm. and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I want us to be a people that find it. To find that life that, that God so desperately desires for us. And to do that, I believe the vision for us as a church in this next season is to be a discipleship-driven community. So it's not to say that we haven't been uh, about discipleship, yeah. but to really think of it as like Jesus is our engine and that now we're making mm. discipleship the steering wheel in which we will direct the decisions that we will be making and the processes that we will be um, stepping into in this next season to embra- yeah. embrace a season of enduring transformation transformation and I love that language and so there's a lot that will go into that and we're going to spend time in these next couple months kind of unpacking what that means really specifically providing language to it so that you can get behind it you can look forward to things and be excited about it but Mm -hmm. one thing we are wanting to do is announce today uh, one of the ways in which we believe we're going to be able to really lean into this for this next season and we're really excited about it it's going to be an amazing thing for us as a church and so we're excited to uh, make this announcement this morning uh, alongside uh, our board and our team of leads uh, we will be hiring a discipleship pastor for this next season as a church (laughs) we're really really excited his name is uh, alonzo julian 
Paul. Uh, maybe you've seen him jumping onto our, our Facebook stream every once in a while recently. You've heard, maybe you've heard him preach, but he's an amazing, yeah. amazing individual. And him and his wife, Khadija, are going to be moving out here to the Lower Mainland from the GTA uh, in less dark. than a month to be a yeah. part of City Collective and what we have going on as a church. So we're really excited about it. We think that they're going to bring an amazing uh, presence yep. and, and wisdom and energy to our church in this next season. Trust me, when you get to meet them, you will be blessed. Um, they're, they're friends of, of ours, and we're just really grateful for um, the way that God has brought our paths together. Um, with that in mind, we yeah. do understand that this season um, could bring some questions, like how are we able to hire someone right now? It's a great question. How, are we, how, how does any Thanks. of this come together? <laughs> yeah. Great question. Um, and we want to be completely transparent about this. So I think Adriana is going to provide a little bit of that detail. Yeah, I, some of the questions that came out of it were even, um, like from our board, when the, the interv there was an interview process, we wanted um, everyone to be clearly and wholly on board. Uh, the decision was made um, by the, the board and then um, <laughs> and also by the team, which was lovely. Um, this position, the a pastoral position, was already in Pastor Jason's mind. Um, but we just had no idea. We thought maybe it would be something that would be funded by this uh, summer grants, by the Canada Summer Jobs Grants. Uh, we never envisioned that it would be something that we would be able to hire as a church um, for the um, for two years. And we def definitely didn't think that we would be able to finance the position on our own, um, which honestly we, we haven't. Uh, <laughs> Jesus has done um, a huge yeah. work like I went to sleep and then I literally woke up the next morning um, and thought about government grants that we were able to claim um, other our our president of the denomination provided some areas that we could claim some some grants um, from from foundations within the denomination and outside of the denomination so it's with such great joy and pleasure that we've been able to announce that this position is not something that um, that we've had to fundraise for, but that Jesus has actually literally provided for, so that we have the opportunity so to say yeah. yes, that it's so not good. something that finances are holding us back from this decision. So um, yeah, if you have any questions about it, I am happy to answer those um, in specifics, but it was yeah. honestly um, such a blessing that we were able to find these and, and finance it like that. Um, and yeah, we're just really excited to, to have them um, yeah. and for them to be a part of our church. And, and honestly, they're really excited to be a part of our church. Yeah, like, so Alonzo and Khadija, they're really good friends of uh, Gabby, Gabriel, my housemate. Um, and he, like, he won't stop talking about them. Like, he loves them inside and out. And he's talked about what a wonderful, like, work they've done in his life. Like, obviously, with the help of God and just what amazing mentors and people they are the passion for the word and like by him telling me this i haven't even met them yet but i am so keen like mm -hmm. i'm stoked for what they're going to bring to our church and like yeah i'm just fired up i reckon this could be awesome yeah and it's perfectly in line with this yeah. this vision for this next season of a discipleship driven community to have alonzo being able to lean into these moments of teaching whether it's midweek yeah. whether whether it's in community groups we believe that there's an opportunity for us as a next season uh, as a church so one thing that we wanted to do uh, include yes. in this morning along with this announcement along with some of these details we wanted you to hear directly from alonzo yep. and khadija who are just going to let you know a little bit about themselves so uh enjoy Hello, City Collective. Hi, everyone. Alonzo here with... Khadija. Um, hey, we're so pumped to be with you this morning. Um, 
virtually is is cool but we're even more excited because we're going to be coming to be with you all in person because we're moving to bc uh june 5th yeah uh, we're so pumped, man. We're going to be part of City Collective Church. Uh, pastor Jason has hired me to be the pastor of discipleship. And we're going to have such a good time together, man. Mm -hmm. It's going to be awesome. So yeah. we want to take the next couple of minutes just to tell you a little bit about who we are and what we're passionate about and all those kind of fun things. Yeah. Khadija, where are we from? So we're from Calgary, Alberta. We're both born and raised Calgarian. Let's go. <laughs> Um, and before that, or not before that, after that, uh, <laughs> after we were born, um, we, we lived in England for the past uh, three years. Um, before we lived in Toronto, I was studying at uh, the University of Oxford, studying something called theology, which is the study of God. And while I was doing that, Khadija was very busy. Yeah, so we actually have a men's grooming brand that we started in 2014. And uh, I've been running that while we've been on our travels, and I will continue to do that while we live in BC. Yeah. And while we've lived mm -hmm. in Toronto, I've been working as an apologist evangelist, mm -hmm. which means I was going to places like Parliament and universities and churches and schools and defending the Christian faith and answering people's really tough and really big questions about God and faith and yeah. the Bible and all of those sorts of things, which was awesome. I love to do that. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we've been doing. And now we're going to be coming to BC, which we're so excited Very about. Excited. <laughs> um, Khadija, what do we like to do for fun? Okay, so for fun, I love to eat Alonzo's amazing cooking. <laughs> I love cooking. We love hosting. We love hosting. Yes. We love having people in our home. Mm -hmm. I love cooking. Whatever you want to, whatever you want to eat, I can cook it. I'm, I'm Caribbean. I'm Guyanese, so I love to cook Caribbean food. Uh, my wife is Punjabi, so we love Indian food, but we also love steak and Mexican food and Asian food. You Italian. Just, you could tell it. You come to our house. We'll cook for you, yeah. and we'll make sure. Alonzo will cook for you. And I will keep your glass full. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have a good time. Um, so we love doing that stuff. I love reading. We like going to museums. What else do we... We like playing games. We like going for walks. We're going to love going into nature. Hiking. Uh, We're going to love hiking. <laughs> yeah, because we don't have any of that. We live in the concrete jungle right now. I don't know the last time I've seen a tree. But I will love <laughs> going out and seeing the wilderness um, in BC. That'll be so much fun. Yeah. Um, Khadija... What are we? What are the two things that we're really passionate about? A couple of things that we're very passionate about um, are the local church, and we're also very passionate about discipleship. Yeah, and that's what we'll be coming to do. Um, we we've always championed the local church, mm -hmm. and we're going to be pouring our lives into the local church, which means that we'll be pouring our lives into each and every one of you because you make up the local church, mm -hmm. and then discipleship. That's will be my official role. And we're looking forward to the discipleship because it's within the context of discipleship that we get to uh, experience enduring transformation mm. as one has the safe space to discover Jesus for themselves and the life uh, that's on offer in a relationship with him. Yes. So we're so excited about that. Khadija, tell me, how did you get to know who Jesus is? Okay, so... Um... I became a Christian when I was five years old, and I was having a sleepover with my five-year-old cousin, and before bed one night, she said to me, well, actually, maybe I should tell you a little bit about my family background, which mm -hmm. would maybe make more sense for the context. Um, so I come from, uh, my father is Muslim, and my mom, she is Nirankari, which is kind of a sect of Sikhism. Uh, she's from Punjab, 
And so I want to come to BC. I'm coming to my people. Come on. <laughs> Um, so I was having a sleepover with my five-year-old cousin, who's also half Punjabi, and before bed one night, she said, Khadija, you need to believe in Jesus. And I said to her, well, can I believe in Jesus and Allah and Babaji? Because I want to make everyone happy. <laughs> and she said, no, Khadija, only Jesus because he died for you. And when she said, because he died for you, I just knew that I knew that I knew that what she was saying was true and right and good. And from then on, I just became a follower of Jesus, and I've never looked back. <laughs> it's the sweetest story in the whole wide world. I love it. Yeah, um, that's why kids' church is so important. <laughs> yes. And real quick, how I became uh, a Christian, I came from a background of nominal Catholicism. I was a drug addict. Someone invited me to church. They were that bold uh, to invite me to church. It changed the trajectory of my entire life as I heard about this person named Jesus and his gospel that was on offer. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love with him. I look forward to telling you that story in more detail as well as Khadija's. Mm -hmm. um, but hey, that's enough for today. We love you all already. God bless you on your Sunday. We look forward to meeting all of you and having you all in our home. God bless you, City Collective. Can't wait to see you. Bye. Bye. Welcome back. I hope you guys enjoyed that video of Alonzo and Khadija. I hope you guys, yeah, so I get to fill them out a bit. We're really excited to have them. I can't emphasize that enough. Um, and yeah, I think it's it's going to be a good time. It's going to be great. It's going to be unreal. <laughs> All right, so we're going to be chatting about church culture. Now, this is something that's pretty important, especially mm -hmm. for people looking in. Yeah. It's hard to experience culture amongst COVID, yes. which is fair. Yeah. And so I think these questions are really important. Um, the first one being, how are you fostering transparent leadership? How is your leadership and pastors kept accountable? To whom do you have an accountability and transparency? Yeah, I think it's, it's a great and valid question. Yeah, um, And I, I hope that some of our conversations already about the structure of the church provide a little bit of a framework for how we do go about it. Um, with the board providing uh, some accountability, with the denomination that we're a part of providing accountability, yep. and then also for Adriana and, our, and myself, um, we also are really privileged to have Craig and Shanda Miller of Horizon Church be pastoral mentors for us that hold us accountable in our own personal journeys, in our own marriage, and, and making sure that we're healthy. So we do try and provide as many different spaces in our in our walk as leaders and as individuals to make sure that we are held accountable. Mm. Um, as for transparency, um, that begins with um, making sure that we are having open, honest conversations with the board and yep. with our team. And so making sure that that is happening, making sure that all of our finances are completely transparent, um, th yep. those are all ways in which we're hoping that we can foster transparency on a consistent basis. And for myself, even just when I'm speaking on a Sunday morning, I really do hope that you feel like you're getting the true iteration of me. I'm, I'm not trying to put on a show. Um, I, I really do want to make sure that it is a sense of vulnerability and transparency and honesty that you're hearing yep. from me as I communicate what I'm really passionate about on a Sunday morning. Yeah. yeah, and I think even just coming out of that video with Alonzo and um, and their experience with RZIM, um, that that it is something that City Collective is is passionate about. Um, uh, that we're making sure that we're we're held accountable individually yeah. um, and sure. as leaders, and um, and that 
you are held accountable, that the board is, um, Jason's right, like we have the, the denomination um, that is, is holding Pastor Jason accountable, um, and that's who he gets his license through. Yeah. And thankfully, we have the president of the denomination on our board, so he is very involved um, and is so wise and so generous with his time with us. Uh, and then, yeah, yeah, I think even Claire asked a question about why I'm not on, I don't, I wouldn't be on the board, and it's because of this um, transparency, this accountability in leadership. I don't think it's appropriate for me to be voting on things that yeah. my husband is um, is voting on and employed by. It's not that's not appropriate for me to have any sort of say on his um, on his job. And I I want to make sure that that is a clear line that people know that I'm not influencing. I don't want to influence. Yeah. Um, and just for me personally, following rules is, is very important for me. It's huge. Yeah. So so being really clear and but but because yeah. of that, it's also important for me that the church is very clear on on the CRA guidelines that it follows yeah. on um, on on what the board's duties are. So. Um, we're constantly developing more ways of accountability, and we're really grateful that um, that Alonzo and Khadija are coming out here, and will also help to even just keep Pastor Jason accountable in his Sabbath. So we're excited. Wow, um, just like a random yeah, shot fired yeah, right there, but that's okay. <laughs> straight to the heart, like that was, that was savage. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think that's great, um, and yeah, and I think your personal decision to not have a voting right on the board. I think that's wisdom at its best. And mm -hmm. I think it's, yeah, it's just a safeguard for our church yeah. and for you as a couple. And I yeah. think that's great. That's really well thought out. Yeah. All right. Our next culture question. Who is the church for? Like, who is the intended audience that marketing or messaging is geared for? How do you define ministry success? I, yeah, I like that question. Ministry success. What is that? Yeah, maybe maybe it's working this question a little bit backwards. Um, I think I think there's a period of life where, um, especially for myself, my personality, I would say, is ambitious. Um, I like to do things well. I want I want a, um, a three on the enneagram about <laughs> achievement in that in yeah. that way. That's great. And uh, I think what I've learned is that ministry success is not checking a box. It is not yeah. um, it's not people through the door. It's not hands up on a Sunday morning. Um, ministry success is being faithful on a consistent basis to who God is calling me to be as a follower of Jesus first and then f to the call that he's placed before me sec uh, second. Because if I, right. if I feel like I'm pursuing yeah. Jesus in my personal life, that's going to have the outflow into all the ministry and calling that he's placed before me. And mm. so that's, that's not isolated to me as a pastor. I believe that's for all of us as, as followers of Jesus. Yeah. I think ministry success is faithfulness and trusting that ultimately the church is not built upon my skill or my charisma or my plans or my strategy. It is built wholly and solely upon the call of God and the goodness of God upon the land of the living that we call home here in the lower mainland. And so trusting yeah. that that is the case, um, I think, is, is ministry success. And, and I think the outflow of that is people come to know Jesus because that is, that is the call, that we would go into the world, make disciples of all nations. Yeah. And that, I think that is, that is um, seeing the kingdom here on earth. That's, that's um, the revelation that we find. Um, working it backwards, who's the church for? Um, who's the intended audience? 
Uh, really practically, what they say is that as, as a pastor, you preach 15 years older, 15 years younger, and that's just often just based upon the things that you know, ex- life experience, where you're at. Um, and so that is honestly pretty representative of our demographics as a church, <laughs> yep. um, 15 years older, 15 years younger. And don't get me wrong, we do not want to be isolated to that. We believe that pe- the church, yeah. the City Collective, is for everyone we wholeheartedly sure. believe that yep. we we also understand though that there are just the dynamics of of life that play into the the different ways in which we engage with our community mm. so is it is it for everyone yes is there other factors that come in absolutely yeah. but we do not want to feel like we're isolating our approach to our community to just reach a certain group of people we believe that we're called to be a church for everyone beautiful i like that for everyone for everyone that's what we're about all right, so our next question, again on culture. How do you assess the needs and strength of our community? How do you meet those needs or use those strengths? That's a great question. Um, yep. I think it's easier <laughs> to answer, uh, especially in um, outside of COVID. I, how, do we <laughs> how do we assess the needs and strengths? Honestly, we spend time with you. Um, True. That yeah. the and and um, how do you use those strengths? It's having people come, having you come to community groups, having you come to church, having you um, sit in and and be a part of the um, Next Steps program where we look at even just personality profiles and where you might fit in. It's spending time um, learning from other people and having people learn from you so that we can know you more and put you into places where you want to serve and where you um, feel like your your biggest strengths are to serve. So really, it's you coming to church. Um, and we would love to yeah. be able to do that more and we're really excited to be able to do that in person and, and get to do that um yeah you know more yeah for sure and i yeah and i like so far it looks like there's a big emphasis on relationship yeah. intimacy of relationship mm-hmm. and sorry <laughs> like no no go on <laughs> i just had another thought um but yeah and it's just like what is ministry success personal relationship with god mm-hmm. and then growth of relationship with god for other yeah. people as well and i think that's perfect that's prime yeah and i mean right now the the way that we can do that and be together in community is actually our online hub so just gonna throw that out there hey yeah. she's throwing things left right and center plug. yeah let's go <laughs> <laughs> okay so our next question mm-hmm. so are openly lgbtq plus people able to participate in church and to what capacity yeah. uh right o- right away yeah. Let's just say yes. They, we, we want City Collective to be a safe, welcoming place yeah. for people wherever they are in their journey of life. Um, yeah. We say it so often, I, and sometimes uh, my beautiful wife will make fun of me because she knows verbatim what I'm going to say every week, <laughs> that wherever you find yourself <laughs> on your journey of faith, Christian, non-Christian, atheist, I, I say it every week, and, and I wholeheartedly mean it, that uh, a journey with Jesus is not defined by where you're at right now. Your journey with yeah. Jesus is defined by who Jesus is, what he's done, and what he, and what he wants to continue to do in your story. Uh, I, I love this verse out of Galatians, and I just wanted to read it, and I think that it's representative of the in, inclusive, invita- inviting place we want City Collective to be. Mm. 
Galatians 3 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And that's where it begins. That's where it is founded, that we are one in Christ Jesus. And so we understand. Um, don't, Don't get me wrong. I'm not ignorant to the realities of perhaps whoever asked this question or maybe you're hearing this this morning uh, of what you've experienced within a church environment. Mm-hmm. That sure. maybe you have yeah. experienced rejection. Maybe you've experienced um, condemnation, uh, judgment. But the Bible is, is so wholeheartedly clear about what is Jesus's approach to you. Mm. That there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so you are welcome here at City Collective. To, to be part of our community, to, to serve on, on a Sunday morning. We, we want to do life with you. Yeah. And we want to yeah. go on this journey to our, our, our mission statement, together creating space for everyone to discover life in Jesus. Hear that together and hear that you're a part of it. Yeah. Um, I just want you to hear that from, from my heart. And then a part of that story is also just those one-on-one conversations that matter. Um, everyone's story is different, and so we want to be a part of that. So if you ever want to yeah. have that conversation, know that my door is wide open. Dope. I like that. That's awesome. That's good. It, I love the fact that you guys emphasize relationship with your community as just even friends and leaders. Like, And that's not usually, or well not usually, but that's not always the situation with the church. And I love that, you guys, that, that is your driving point. It's great. And I love it. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. I'm all about it. Um, <laughs> we didn't pay him to say that. Um, anyway, no, <laughs> <laughs> they, they should though. No. <laughs> so our final question on culture. Historically, the church has done a lot of harm. How are you responding? How are you aiming to change harmful approaches or heal the wounds created? How are you demonstrating a model of reconciliation? This is a large question. It is a large question. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a good question just to um, to hear from us, to hear um, from the heart of City Collective and how we move forward. And um, I'm not sure that there's a, there's a perfect answer, but um, part of it is that the, what we've talked about, relationship, acknowledging that everyone is an individual with their own story, with their own yeah. hurts, um, yeah. and talking to you, understanding where you're coming from, um, what you've experienced, and acknowledging that things are not okay. There are some Mm. things that have happened that are not okay. Um, Acknowledging that and saying that we want to do better. Maybe we haven't been the ones that have actually done it, but we still want to to make that um, experience better, acknowledge it, and learn from it, I think is the biggest thing. Good, yeah, that's good. Yeah, on, on a wide scale, when you think about the impact of, of the Christian church in history, yeah. there's been a lot of harm done. Mm. A lot of yeah. awful things done in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And the, the, the brutal part about it is because it m- might have been done in the name of Jesus, but it looked nothing like Jesus. Yeah, well said. Yeah. And so... Uh, whether it was things like the Crusades, whether it is issues like slavery that continued for well beyond um, social mm. injustice that has been perpetrated in the name of Jesus or by the Christian church, um, things that took place within schools here in Canada that were grotesque and awful, um, yep. 
it begins with acknowledgement. Acknowledgement that what we have fallen short as the church far too often. And yep. acknowledgement is the starting point. Action is where we, where we move towards. Mm. And that action is making sure that we create safe places where conversations of hurt, like Adriana was talking about, can be had. Mm. That, we, that we don't just say, oh, oh, I'm sorry that happened, but reconciliation is acting upon these things that have taken place and actually taking ownership, looking to make, uh, looking to make steps that actually provide some healing and conversations and, and, and in churches that are now moving forward. I just... I, I don't want us to ever think that it's okay to simply move past it. But it's also something that we're not going to say is our identity. Because our identity is not in the things that we have done, but in who the, the God that we serve. And it's in Jesus. And those things did not look like Jesus. And so we are going to be, as Jesus did, fighting for the, for the people who have been hurt. Fighting for the voiceless. Fighting for, for those who have been pushed to the side. Believing that Jesus would be right there with us alongside in every single one of those moments. Um, I love this quote from Brian Zond, and he says, God is like Jesus. God has always been like Jesus. There has never been a time when God was not like Jesus. We haven't always known this, but now we do. So when, if, you're, if you're asking that question or if you're wrestling with those thoughts this morning, I want you to hear that first and foremost. Mistakes have been made by the church, but that was not Jesus. That your journey might have been full of hurt, but Jesus was weeping with you. And if we can be a, a church that is both safe for you to, to ask quite hard questions and, and process through these moments of hurt, we are doing the thing that Jesus has called us to do. And I want us to, to really lean into that as a church. And for us as the next season, discipleship-driven community, um, new hopefulness with people like Alonzo and Khadija joining our church, More, uh, our, our hope yeah. that is found in people that maybe you have never attended with us on a, H, a morning at HD Stafford, but you call City Collective home. We have hope in you because we yeah, know that God fair. has been active and moving in your, in your home already in the most powerful of ways that we could not have seen or imagined. I did not expect anyone to start joining City Collective <laughs> once we were purely online. But yeah. this is what I this is what I've just been so encouraged by that the power of the Holy Spirit is well beyond my comprehension or my understanding. The call of God upon our church is beyond my own strategy or our own or our own doings, but it is based on just who God is, what he's leading us into, and I truly believe it's going to be a powerful next season for us as a church. And we're going to do more Sundays like this where you can ask questions, and I want yeah. you to feel free to continue to ask them if the, you, some of them sparked up out of the conversation today or you want more clarification. Transparency, happy to have that conversation yeah. with you. Um, I feel like we're going long. So uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm guilty of this. I take complete ownership. I apologize. Uh, let me just close us in a word of prayer. Then we'll have Steve, uh, Steve and Stu take it away. So Heavenly Father, we just give you thanks for this morning, for the ways that you shape us and you guide us, for the, for the vision that you place inside us as a church, for that discipleship-driven community, that we would lose our life to find it, that we would lose our life to you, that we would be so engrossed in who you are and what that means for us in our stories right here, right now. I just pray for us as a church, for everyone that is listening, for those who feel to the wayside and feel hurt and feel broken, I pray that your healing meets them where they're at. For those who feel like the church is not a safe place, I pray that they find security in your heart and your love and that they're 
trust is found in you first and foremost, and that you would guide them into places that are safe, perhaps like here at City Collective. And I just believe that you're going to continue to lead us and to guide us. We just thank you for all that you've done in the midst of COVID, how you have drawn us forward and drawn people into community with us. We just believe that the best is yet to come, not by our own strength, but by you alone. Thank you that you are faithful and faithful in every season. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope it challenged, encouraged, and inspired you in your walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. To keep up with City Collective, make sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook at City Collective Church. Have a great week.